1: welcome in to the phnx suns podcast brought to you by our friends at the draft Game sportsbook app america's top rated sportsbook app don't forget to hit that like button subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a five-star review i'm lindsey smith here with saul bookman Espo, and gerald borgay Gentlemen, how you doing today?
2: I really want to find out what's America's worst-rated sportsbook app, just out of curiosity. Uh, I, well, I'm no not saying sure, we have to throw any ideas out. I just always wonder that when we say yeah, that. Don't at the throw time any the ideas out because oh, okay. uh, you
3: know, we might be on the move partners. for sponsors. <laughs> you know, I'm just, kidding. just kidding, DraftKings. Just kidding.
2: What was, JK. What, what was the... Uh, in? Uh, The Vegas Vacation. What was the casino he goes to to play? uh, I don't know. Pick the hands. That's probably the worst. Guess guess the
3: number? Oh, sorry. It was
2: two. (laughs) Of course you don't know what we're
4: talking about. (laughs) I know what you're talking about. I just don't know the name of the casino.
1: I don't know what you're talking about.
3: Three out out of four people knew.
1: (laughs) Today we're going to preview a potential Suns-Timberwolves first round matchup. But before we get into that, some flowers to Monty Williams for being named the National Basketball Coaches Association Coach of the year for the second year in a row. Now, just a reminder: this is not the Coach of the Year award. This is the Coach's Choice.
2: Like this should be the Coach of the Agreed. Year award because what the hell do media members know more than uh, than Monty's contemporaries? He's two time now when it comes to the coaches voting it. Sorry, Lindsay, he has to borrow the nickname, but uh, he's he's definitely uh, he deserves the the actual award and the fact that. His, his other coaches have voted him twice. says everything you need to
4: know. He's your favorite coach's coach of the year, basically. That's all that we need to know. That's all we need to say. He said last year that it meant a lot to him being chosen by his own peers to win this award. So I imagine it means a lot to him this year too. And he's talked a lot about how winning the actual coach of the year award doesn't mean as much as just the way his players reacted last year when they found out he didn't win. Um but this is still a cool thing for him. And hopefully it's an indicator of what the media will do, even if it wasn't
3: last year. It's cool until you lose two times in a row. And then you're like, I mean, WTF. Yeah. yeah. And and the one thing that, that I'm, I'm not going to dwell on the negative, but one the one thing that, that does bother me about the narrative around Monty Williams is, is the preseason expectation was exceeded, but yet somehow he didn't meet the expectation to be the best coach in the league. I don't understand that. Mm -hmm. I'm glad that the coaches do understand that because they understand how difficult this is. Even if you have a loaded roster, you still have to coach them. And we've seen so many instances of good, good teams, or at least on paper, really good teams, fall apart. Lakers. And so (laughs) you got to reward coaches that actually come through with great talent on their roster like Monty Wood. Just wait till next year
2: where he – improves by another 10 games. They win 74, <laughs> and there's an argument that he's not coached
4: no, they, they improved by 13 <laughs> last year, and they, actually we talked about how they were only the second team to improve by 10 wins three straight years. They're the only team ever to do it by 11 wins over three straight years. So you're so. saying 75 next year.
3: I'm not saying that. <laughs> but just, just wait till he's wins be 74 dope. and he doesn't have Devin Booker or CP3 all year long. And they still are like, mm, no, nah, not good enough.
1: <laughs> I think my biggest uh, beef right now with this conversation is I see so many people on the internet being like, I don't care about any of these awards. The only thing I care about is the championship at the end of the year and hoisting the Larry O'Brien trophy and yada, yada, yada. And while, yes, I understand that sentiment. If you care about Monty, if you care about these players as people, you should care about these awards because these awards hold value (laughs) as far as literal dollars for some of them. Mm -hmm. And you would want guys who you're rooting for night in and night out who you want to win you a championship for your favorite team to also get the things that they deserve and the paydays they deserve by winning some of these awards. So. You can simultaneously care more about a championship while also still caring about the recognition that the players who are actually doing the work getting that award and that recognition.
3: I I totally agree with that. And I I also think that they they need to modify this to a degree in terms of who's voting, how many times have they voted. And like, let's be real, there's a very real East Coast bias. Um, We saw that last year in Coach of the Year with – and for no reason, like for no reason, you have a team that didn't even make the playoffs last the year before, all of a sudden shoot up to the number two seed and everybody wanted to credit Chris Paul and basically not give money the, the credit that he deserved. And then they do it again in back to back years and even better. Like you, you got to reward that effort along with the all NBA teams. And, you know, the, the, um, you know, and all the, you know, defensive player of the year awards and stuff like that, like those are tied to bonuses and I don't really agree with that, but it is what it is. And people need to start realizing that this affects money and you need to vote with your head, not your heart. And you need to do your homework. You need to watch all these teams play. You can't just be a, a, a Knicks beat reporter and have a vote in the MVP race and never watch a sun's game. Like that's just, that's bullshit.
2: It bothers me that mentality that you mentioned, because it's a 16-win a sprint in the playoffs, right? Mm-hmm. But Monty and the Suns also went through the 82-game marathon and proved it. And that's what those awards are for mm-hmm. is the effort put forth in those 82 games. And they deserve to be recognized for that too. Championship is obviously the ultimate goal, but they deserve accolades for the effort that they put in and what they were able to accomplish in those 82
4: games. Right. I, I think you can acknowledge the fact that if they do get shut out in awards, if Monty loses Coach of the Year or if Mikhail doesn't win Defensive Player of the Year, these sickos might just rattle off 16 straight wins for the hell of it in response, and that'd be great. But a season like this does deserve to be remembered. It does deserve that recognition because it ha- it's the greatest season that they've ever had in franchise history, they're one of only a handful of teams to ever win 64 games in a season at all. Uh, it would be a pity if, especially after Monty was robbed last year, he doesn't get that recognition this year, especially when everyone else around him, his own peers, recognize the work that he puts in and how good he is at his job.
2: Are we embracing the Sicko's nickname, by the
4: way? Absolutely. Okay. It's the new fellas. All right. <laughs> I'm okay with that.
1: I also, just to kind of... Put a bow on it i think um while awards may not mean as much to all of us around the team like the fan base and everything it does mean something to the people who are actually the ones in the running for these awards mm-hmm. and you have to remember that like people should be awarded things when they do great work mm-hmm. like it may not mean anything to us 10 years down the road but i guarantee you Mikkel will still look at that trophy or that thing that he accomplished out his career with pride. And he should be allowed to have that.
4: Imagine so. how ha- re- Remember how happy we were all just to win a Sunny and we're just like sitting in a exactly. booth shooting the shit on how Twitter. How many people
1: have sunnies like- in their bios still? Like it means something Imagine to you. Imagine actually
4: working hard, putting in the effort, yeah. playing in these games. Like it means something to them. What's it like to win a Sunny? It was cool, man.
1: It was cool. Did you not win a Sunny? You never
4: won a Sunny. <laughs> you so never you won know. a Sunny. No. You guys didn't win sunnies. No.
1: I thought you did last year. No, I got
2: honorable mention, but.
1: Gotcha. I'm I, I didn't winning.
2: get that. So. Well,
1: yeah, you know, better step your games off <laughs> almost there. I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right. Any final Two times
3: time Sunny winner over here. Uh, <laughs> I think she's a four time uh, Sunny winner. Yeah. I mean, everybody loves Lindsay. She's going to get one whether she's on a show or not. Is <laughs> so. that true.
2: She yeah. won That's last year. She didn't even watch
3: Sunny. <laughs> I know. She just right? had their like, home. She was And stuck. they're
2: like, oh, Lindsay gets a Sunny.
3: Was, she was still stuck in the Transformation Center. They're like, Sunny. <laughs> there it is. Got it. Okay. That deserves care. an award. Thank you
1: very much. <laughs> anyway. I still like
3: to imagine part of your soul is stuck at
2: the transformations.
1: <laughs> it is. It is. I lost a part of me.
2: Oh,
1: no. All right. Now on to the Timberwolves. They finished the regular season with a 46-36 and 36 record. The Suns went 3-0 and against them for the sweep this season. In y'all's opinion, what are some reasons the Suns will win a first round series against the Timberwolves? Should they meet?
2: They're just better on both ends of the floor. I mean, Suns, and offensively, it's not as big of a gap as it is defensively. Offensively, the Suns were number five in net rating, Wolves are number seven, and the Wolves have been the best team uh, offensively since January 1st. But defensively, this Suns team really shines. We know that. We know what Mikhail Bridges is able to do. They were the third best defense in the league. Uh, And the Wolves were 13th. That's going to be the separation here is the Suns defense should be able to stop a potent Wolves offense. uh, And I think that's why the Suns will win this, which feels very odd as a Suns fan to say defense is why this team's going to win something.
3: It's been their hallmark all season long. Yeah, It's been the defense. And when they haven't played locked in defense you know they've gotten a little bit of exposed, especially when other teams are shooting so well from the perimeter. And this is one of those teams that if you if if you f around, you're going to find out mm-hmm. like just how good they are. Cat is playing probably the best basketball he's played in his career, especially down the stretch. Uh, and then you add in everybody else like D'Angelo Russell, and, and, and then the annoyance on the other end of the court. We <laughs> won't even mention his name, but uh, but the the Suns are the, the overall better team. They should. In, in my estimation, they should sweep, but um, I wouldn't be surprised if this game went five or six games or this series went five or six games. Yeah, and, and
4: we'll talk about some of the things that they bring to the
3: table as far as what makes
4: them dangerous or a trickier opponent than you would typically expect from an eight seed. But the big thing is they play really fast, but they also make a lot of mistakes playing at that high speed. Uh, they're 21st in turnovers, and the Suns are pretty good at racking up steals And converting and and when they do play defense like we've talked about their hallmark and are able to then turn that into offense There's nobody in the NBA that can stop them when it's connected like that when it the game flows that way So as much as the timberwolves like to get up and down It could come back to hurt them in a series like this that turns into a track meet because They're not good at taking care of the ball and they are very inexperienced. You know, we talk about pat beverly I think he's played like 59 playoff games the next highest guy, I think, is Malik Beasley with 14. Yes. So, like, nobody on this roster really has substantial playoff experience outside of those guys. And I'm sorry, but Pat Beverly and Malik Beasley are not going to win you a series against the Suns oh, no. team.
1: Well, we well that does, somebody. <laughs> that does make a big difference, though, because you have to have that. That's where the veteran presence kind of comes into play mm-hmm. the most, I feel like, is being able to keep guys calm, cool, and collected in these really intense and high-anxiety type of moments. The Suns have been through it now, mm-hmm. so they have, and they have the guys behind them who can help bring somebody down a little bit if they're getting a little out of control. We're on the Timberwolves side of things; like it could just go off the rails very easily and quickly if they don't have somebody at that in that position. You know, well,
2: And we saw that in the last Suns-Timberwolves mm-hmm. <laughs> matchup, I mean, Timberwolves got off to that hard, hot start, and they did kind of go off the rails. Uh, you had Cat do the little man sign. Ah, uh, you had some guys chirping, and where uh, you know where a team without that veteran leadership goes off the rails. With that, the Suns look at it and go, "Okay, we're using that as motivation. You've now pissed us off, and we're going to channel that energy in a positive way to get this win." Mm-hmm. That was a a very distinct uh, way to see that difference between these two teams in their last matchup.
1: All right, guys, X factors in this one. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts?
3: I mean, for for me, the X factor is the is is the Suns' defense. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm not even gonna go with the Timberwolves because if you look at the history of the one versus eight matchup, all right, the teams that have done well against the number one seed have been largely very very good defensively and or could score at such an insane rate. You look at the, the Denver Nuggets when they faced the Sonics. They had Dikembe Mutombo that was the anchor on that defensive side. They were able to upset the Sonics, who were a better offensive team, but against those Nuggets, they just found the right place at the right time. And then the the Warriors in 2007 upsetting the Mavericks, again, defensively, but then you had two dudes in Baron Davis and Stephen Jackson that just caused havoc all over the place and really disrupted uh, the Mavs. So when you look at that and you look at this Suns team defensively, they are stronger than the Timberwolves. And I don't care what time of year it is. I don't care what time of day it is. If you have the better defense, typically you're going to win in the playoffs because offense doesn't win in the playoffs. It's defensively. Can you hold your own? And the Suns, that's the X factor for the Suns.
2: Yeah. For me. And I think I'm going to sound like a broken record in a lot of these playoff previews, but Deandre Ayton Mm. is an X factor here. There's not many guys that can go toe to toe with Carl Anthony Towns and in some cases actually get the better of him, not just meet him, but get the better of him. Uh, that's what you need from DeAndre Ayton on both ends of the floor. And I think DeAndre Ayton's defense will be a linchpin in this series, but in particular against Carl Anthony Towns, but his switchability as well.
4: I definitely agree with that because outside of DA, you know, the shooting that Cat brings to the table is different than a lot of the centers that the Suns would face in the playoffs. And if he gets in foul trouble or something like that, you know, their options, JaVale McGee is not a guy that you want out on the perimeter guarding him there. So then it quickly turns into Bismarck Biombo. So you, you've you seen the way that Aiton's played against this team this year in two games. I think he averaged like almost 28 points a game or something like that. He takes this matchup personally, so that's a, a big one. Uh, mine is, is turnovers and tempo because the Timberwolves forced the second most turnovers in the NBA. They're third in steals, third in blocks, and first in points off turnovers. So having Chris Paul and a team that doesn't turn the ball over a lot, that's going to be huge, especially when you've got guys like Jared Vanderbilt and Patrick Beverly, you know, getting up in your Jersey, trying to force those turnovers. So they need to stay composed, run their offense the way that they do and not let, you know, the, the, Timberwolves are number one in pace and they're the number one offense since the start of the calendar year. So they've been playing at a frantic pace, getting up a lot of points, turning a lot of defense into offense If you just stay even keel, you'll be able to out-execute this younger team.
1: I agree with that last point. That's going to be something that I think is an X factor in this game. We saw it a couple games back against the Timberwolves where there was a little bit of trash talk back and forth. And like you mentioned, the Timberwolves kind of fell apart after Mm -hmm. that. It it got chaotic. The Suns were like, we're going to take this. (laughs) We're going to use this as fuel. And then the Timberwolves were like, this is making us fall apart. Like Mm -hmm. this is burning our house down, essentially. Like one was building up and the other was crumbling. Mm -hmm. So I think that's going to be the biggest X factor in the sense that like if we can find a way maybe to poke the bear a little bit to cause a little bit of that chaos amongst the Timberwolves while on our side simultaneously just being like, yeah, we're chill. We got this. (laughs) It
3: won't won't take much to to get under (laughs) Pat Bev's skin Mm -hmm. because he's going to think that he's doing it to you. And there's, there's some teams that will falter, but when you have Devin Booker and Chris Paul, they've seen it, they've done it, they're just, and they saw it last year in, 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 you know, the, the highest of levels in the Western conference finals. And it still didn't, didn't really phase them so much. So I think this year there, they would be prepared for this and probably be ready for it and. Honestly, for Devin Booker, I think he would be looking forward to it because he just wants to stick it to Pat Bev. mm -hmm. Well,
2: I I think, too, one storyline we're going to hear a lot of if this is the matchup is the Devin Booker, friends with Carl Anthony Towns, D'Angelo Russell, right? Mm -hmm. Which I actually think is to Devin's benefit Mm -hmm. because Devin don't give a crap about your (laughs) friendship when you get between the lines, right? Don't 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 give a crap. He he just does not care Mm -hmm. where those other guys I think might. Yeah. I mean, because when, when Devin dunked on D'Angelo Russell, supposedly he said something about, I don't have no friends, like and went at him, right? That's so cool. Which, I would text him after
1: the game and be like, really? Really, bro? <laughs> but, that one hurt. But
2: see, then he knows he's got you because mm. that's yep. what he's doing. Inside he doesn't care when you're up against each other. But Carl Anthony Town strikes me as a guy, even though he's got the tough guy facade now because of Pat Beverly, That he does care, and D'Angelo Russell seems like he cares. Uh, Devin Booker is going to give no no shits. He's just going to go out there and rip your heart out. I I think
4: three of the Suns' big four would have very significant reasons because like you're talking about with Booker, when it comes to his friends, if anything, that makes it worse because he wants to beat you even more. With Chris Paul, he remembers getting shoved in the back by Pat Bev at the end of that Clippers Mm -hmm. series. Mm -hmm. And for D.A., he takes that matchup personally because he's seen – you know, the talk about being traded for Cat from Suns fans and from people around the Valley over the last few years. And every time he goes up against elite bigs, he elevates his game. Nikola Jokic, Rudy Gobert, like all of these guys, Joel Embiid, all these guys that are hailed as, you know, the best big in the NBA. He takes that shit personally and he plays like it. So that's why he was able to win the regular season matchups against Cat.
1: All right, let's hear from a special guest for more on the Wolves.
4: Welcome in, everybody. We are here with longtime Timberwolves writer and ESPN or 1500 ESPN radio affiliate, Derek James. Derek, how are you doing today?
0: Doing good. How are you guys?
4: Doing great.
2: Great to have you. I appreciate it. Uh, I'm just going to ask this because you're in Minnesota and we're here. How's the weather out there? Because we were just 92 degrees here and we always hear how crappy the weather is in Minnesota. How is it right now?
0: Well, so I actually haven't been in Minnesota since 2020. Um, That's why I moved to Portland and now I'm in Salt Lake City. We actually got hammered by snow yesterday, but I see people, family, friends posting from Minneapolis about how it was 60 degrees yesterday. And I'm extremely jealous that they're doing that nice little respite. But I I guess being down there, there's no such thing. It's already summer there. You
2: you could have totally lied to me looking at your iPhone app and been like, it's 63 in (laughs) Minneapolis today, and I would have bought it. I appreciate it, man.
4: Oh, that's great. Uh, Derek, let's dive right in. Obviously, the last Suns-Timberwolves matchup was uh, a pretty heated and fun affair, I think, for both teams and fan bases. But what should Suns fans who aren't as familiar with this Timberwolves team know about them?
0: Yeah, this team is—they're really interesting, especially in the you know this last half of the season since January. I mean, I, I think it looked like January eleventh, and they were twenty and twenty-two. Uh, you know, kind of didn't seem like they're heading the right direction, but they've really turned it on since then. This last half, uh, they're a very—they're a very scrappy team. Uh, you know, they have—they have a lot of will. They, I mean, this isn't you know one of those teams you know where you could eventually just you know keep kicking at them and then they'll just lie down. They—they um, they really have a lot of resiliency there. And it's, you know, I, I think part of that too is just looking at someone like Patrick Beverly, you know, who has been on winning teams and, you know, can you know look at those other guys in the room and be like, you know, come on and, you know, knock some heads together if he has to. Um, so there's, there's definitely that spirit and that attitude um, there. And it seems like everyone's bought into Chris Finch. So, and I mean, just, and that's just, you know, in addition to, you know, the talent that's on this team now where, you know, there's actually, so we have more talent than you have in recent years and, you know, a stronger culture. Um you're definitely gonna put a more competitive product on the floor.
2: Did, did Timberwolves fans really like Pat Beverly?
0: <laughs> so my theory on Patrick Beverly is that he's one of those guys where you don't really like him until you know he's on your team. <laughs> yep. Especially when, you know, like you have I mean, this Timberwolves team in particular, for years, you know, has had problems with, you know, opposing teams picking on even their stars and nothing happening. You know, look at like the dust-ups with, like, Joel Embiid and Carl Anthony Towns, and, you know, there was no recourse or anything. Not advocating for fighting, but, you know, like, it's mm-hmm. it's nice to have that agitator who gets under someone else's skin for a change. Uh,
2: when you when you look at the play-in matchup, obviously matching up with the Clippers first, how how do you feel How do you feel the Clippers match, or excuse me, the uh, Timberwolves matchup? Easy enough for me to say, how do the Timberwolves <laughs> match up with the Clippers is what I'm trying to get at here. <laughs>
0: Yeah, you know, it's it's really an interesting one to say because, I mean, you can look back at the first, you know, the first three matchups when Paul George played, but those were all in a 10-day stretch um, in, the, in November. So, mm-hmm. you know, these teams have been through so much since then. Um, the Timberwolves, I feel like, have really grown as a team since then. Paul George has missed a significant stretch and come back. And then when they met uh, a few weeks ago, you know, Carl Anthony Towns didn't play, Paul George didn't play. So, we don't. I don't think we really know a ton – about how exactly these teams will match up since, you know, both teams are in such different places. You know, really just like, you know, it's, they're just, you know, it's just so hard to tell what's going to come of this because there were so many nights, you know, where it's like, well, you know, one team just made shots, the other didn't. And we don't have the talent there. That's always tough. But I mean, I think you really need, you know, assertive Anthony Edwards, you know, Minnesota, especially when, you know, Paul George, is back and you know, Carl Anthony Towns, I mean, this is this is his moment. Um, you know, um, to be the guy who's taken he's taken over games at time and this is, you know, really the big one there. And so I think continuing with Paul George, you know, I mean that's that really makes us a very different Clippers team. Um, you know, had he you know not come back till after the plane or you know, till, you know, the games later in the week, it would have been a very different feel. Um but this definitely feels like a big game now. And I think, you know, that that matchup with Paul George is the one that sticks out to me.
4: In keeping with that theme of kind of key players and matchups, the Timberwolves have, obviously they have Towns, and like you said, this is his moment, and there's that kind of juicy DeAndre Ayton matchup, but is there any key player on the Timberwolves or, or matchup that you look at in a potential series with the Suns that you feel should be highlighted in that kind of matchup?
0: Yeah, I mean the eight one stuck out to me that last matchup with the Suns, and it just mm-hmm. seemed like the Wolves are able to keep with them. But you know, if you can't keep DeAndre from going, you know, for thirty five and what did he have, fourteen rebounds, mm-hmm. as Devin Booker has twenty eight and seven, like you're <laughs> you're pro- like you're just not going to have that much success there. Mm-hmm. So you really you, you can't you really got to limit those you know other guys from going out and getting theirs. You know which is, it's it's really tough to do, and I think it's really going to test the Timberwolves. and it's you know I think you, know, you can look at it and be like, well DeAndre Russell or DeAndre Russell. deangelo <laughs> Russell, you know, needs to play well. There was that game in Boston, you know, when you know and the Celtics just kept coming, and you know De'Angelo Russell, you know it's not his best night, even though I've generally liked how he's played mm-hmm. under Chris Finch. but I mean, you you're going against Chris Paul, you know, mm-hmm. in these big moments there, but you know you, you really got to look at it like, I think as at least I do you know, what are you going to get from, you know, the Jared Vanderbilt's? you know, how is the bench going to play, you know, is Malik Beasley going to do, you know, the smart things, or is, you know, he just, you know, going to be a gunner. Um, <laughs> so there are a lot of things there where we're going to find out a lot about, you know, how well the, this Timberwolves team can play, you know, like some of its parts. And I think, you know, like I think that's one thing that the Suns do really well, like they're, you know, in that rotation, especially that short and playoff rotation, there aren't a lot of gaps. I mean, like those guys all know their roles <laughs> and I think it's, And the Timberwolves are still learning, you know, who they are, you know, even though they've improved.
2: I'm not sure D'Angelo Russell has uh, recovered from Devin Booker dunking on him and yelling at him yet either. (laughs) We'll find out. But uh, when when you look at not only – I I want three predictions here or two, (laughs) depending on how many games you think they're going to play. Where do the Wolves stack up in the play-in situation? And if they were to face the Suns in that 1-8 matchup, who do you think comes out victorious?
0: So I, you know, I've, I've, I went over on the Timberwolves is over under this year. So I will stick with that um, and say that, you know, they've even exceeded those expectations. So I'll stick with them tonight. Um, I think they still have the inside track in this. They're at home. Mm-hmm. You know, they kind of look at it like a game seven and home teams tend to do very well in game seven. So I mean, I would expect the Timberwolves to come out strong tonight. Um, I would have also thought, you know, a week ago when they were playing the Wizards and they had a chance still for the sixth seed that they would have done better. Um, and there's that really flat effort. But I don't anticipate that being the case tonight. Um, I really get the sense that they'll come out knowing that, like, you know, hey, like this is, you've had the seventh seed for so much of the season now and you can't, you can't let it go at this point in the season. Um, so I would expect them to take this one. I think, man, like i I was watching a little bit of the Grizzlies and, you know, like look, looking at some of the previous Suns matchups with the Timberwolves and stuff. And it's, a, it would just be such a different series with the Grizzlies where you feel like, well, yeah, maybe they could take a game or two, you know, because they were just so competitive and they really decided late, you know, based on a couple possessions, they're very competitive games, even though I think that the Grizzlies are still the better team, but in the Suns, I mean, if they got one, I think that would be pretty strong. <laughs> I think you feel good about that. Um, but I think, you know, it's, you know, they, they played them competitively mm-hmm. but I think they'll see too you know that the Suns team has been so much deeper in the playoffs and there's you know this interesting re- wrinkle of the friendship between Towns and I think Russell and Booker you know and how that all plays out and just the different experiences they've had in their careers so far so it's kind of interesting that that group you know could potentially run into each other um, given how different that their careers have gone and mm-hmm. I mean just how much you know, what Devin Booker has done and become is honestly really just amazing. I think in the last few seasons that, you know, my opinion on him has done for pretty hard one eighty. <laughs> and it's just, you know, it's a I think that, you know, those guys might see like, you know, what happens, you know, when you get these reps in these high stakes games and, you know, when the intensity's dialed up. Um, I mean, I think, you know, hopefully it's more than just good experience. Um, but I if it was Suns Wolves, I would just hope for you know, four, five competitive games. I think you know anything more than that would just be um, it'd be a little bit surprising.
4: Well, if it makes you feel better, a lot of people's opinions on Devin Booker did a one eighty, <laughs> uh, and also the Timberwolves' number one offense in the NBA since the calendar season. So it would definitely be a fun and uh, up tempo series, that's for sure. Derek, thank you so much for joining us. Um, we appreciate having you on.
2: Yeah, Derek, enjoy that Minnesota weather via uh, Salt Lake City. <laughs> <A wink. laughs>
0: yeah, Thank thanks, guys. thanks, guys.
1: The NBA playoffs mean next-level basketball. Get next ready for the action level. by next betting the play-in level. tournament with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can bet $5 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets instantly you're going to clinch a win no matter what. Also, don't forget that all DraftKings customers can bet on NBA hoops with same-game parlays. And right now, for each day of the play-in, get a risk-free bet up to $10 if your same-game parlay does not hit. So right now, go download the DraftKings Sportsbook app Use the promo code P-H-N-X when signing up. (laughs) (laughs) Bet $5 on any NBA team to win their game during the play-in tournament. And get $150 in free bets instantly. That is promo code P-H-N-X at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Just a reminder, that's 21 and older, only Arizona, only gambling problem, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. New customers, only minimum $5 minimum deposit. Eligibility restrictions apply. See slash sportsbook for details. who
2: are you taking tonight? The Clippers or Timberwolves, yes or no? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Shout out.
1: Ah, Michaela. (laughs) We had a little typo on our Instagram stories earlier today. (laughs) But seriously,
2: though,
4: who?
3: Who Uh,
2: I'm taking the Timberwolves tonight.
3: Ooh. Yeah,
4: I'm probably taking. mm, No, I'm going to take the Clippers. Sorry, we'll do it.
2: I'm trying to have a reverse jinx here. Yeah. I don't want the Clippers.
1: I just hope both teams have a bad time. <laughs> a
2: bad time? Damn, okay.
1: <laughs> Was that too harsh?
2: Was that injuries galore? What is no, that? no, no, no. no. One has fun. I didn't
1: mean that far. <laughs> just, you know, not an enjoyable game. That's all. That's all I'm saying. All right. Back to the Suns and the Timberwolves. Mm-hmm. Potential problems. What are some areas that we need to be aware of, maybe concerned about a smidge?
3: Watch your back. Watch your back. <laughs> He'll He'll turn what I'm your saying. back on that. Watch your back. That dirty Pat Bev, he's going <laughs> to cheap shot you. So. He plays
1: really hard defense on book when they do face each other in a game and that does concern me a little bit.
3: Uh yeah, I, Pat Bev is I don't want to call him a dirty player, but he's dirty-ish. Mm. And uh he tries to get away with some cheap shots that he tries to play off as just, you know, just innocent happenstance. Mm. Uh, That's my main concern is that he's going to fuck around and hurt somebody, and I don't like that at all.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's obviously a concern anytime you face Pat Bev. I mean, he has a track record of it. But for me, if you're looking at at the Timberwolves as a whole and what could lead to potentially them taking a game or two, uh, it's got to be that they're three-point shooting. They're mm-hmm. a very good three-point shooting team. Uh, they, they, they are 12th, but they take the most in the NBA, uh, Source Gerald Bourguet's article <laughs> earlier today on gophx.com. But, uh, so that concerns me because that's been an issue for the Suns team is when they, in particular, give up those corner threes uh, at a high pace and the team gets on fire if the wolves are willing to take that many there's a chance that they make a a crazy amount in a, in a single game and that could be enough to uh, to beat the suns in one game out of a out of a seven game series
4: yeah i was like we've talked about how they're the number one offense this is start of the calendar year how they turn defense into offense how they play at a fast pace shoot a lot of threes um but part of that You know, shooting a ton of threes is also their seventh in offensive rebounding percentage and fifth in second chance points. So this type of series is one that, you know, it's not your typical 1-8 matchup. I still think the Suns would take care of business against this team. Um, But they are a team that would kind of test the Suns in a couple of key areas where we want to see them perform well in the playoffs, the offensive rebounding thing, Um, you know, defending the three-point line and then the free throw thing. The Wolves are also top 10 in free throw rate. So they do get to the foul line a lot. So if they're a team that's playing really fast, but also getting to the foul line, that's one that will test the Suns' defense in a way that
3: your kind of typical eight seed might not do that. Zhu in the chat says, "I hope the shot clock wins tonight, and the game doesn't last longer than midnight."
2: I would agree with that. Look, uh, I I also when you when you look at it, uh, I just I worry about the that offensive rebounding in particular. Uh, can can rear its ugly head for this team, and that's we've seen that happen far too many times mm-hmm. already this season, where they they just can't can't stop the other team from getting getting those extra shots. That's that's troubling, it, it, very troubling.
4: Yeah. And that's Jared Vanderbilt killed him on the boards. And I also want to shout out a comment. Scott Foster is officiating Mm -hmm. tonight's game. So he will be the deciding factor. Uh, Someone tweeted a stat that Clippers games, I think when it's Scott Foster and Ed Malloy, when Clippers are officiated by those two, they're either second or third in free throw rate. And the Timberwolves are 27th and 29th. So that's a pretty big gap between those two officials. So just something to keep an eye on in case the Clippers get to the line like 40 times.
2: Yes, but in theory, you know, none of us want to face the Clippers out of this out of this group, it seems like. Right. So by helping the Clippers, he'd mm. be helping Chris Paul. So I don't know how that works because Scott <laughs> Foster hates to do anything that makes Chris Paul's path easier.
3: So. Very true. It's a real I Sophie's mean, choice for Scott is. Foster. He doesn't know what to do. <laughs>
1: At this point, can the NBA just, like, encourage him to retire? No.
3: <laughs> no. Banish him into the sun. I encourage very
1: generously?
3: <laughs> they love some Scott Foster.
2: The it's mob would so not cool. allow that yeah. for Scott Foster.
3: It drives me nuts.
2: I mean, All right. allegedly.
1: Before we get into predictions and some fun stuff, uh, any final thoughts on this potential series?
2: Uh, we brought up youth early on. Mm-hmm. I actually think that that could be a benefit – and uh, and a downfall for the wolves because irrational confidence right the 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 wolves have a 23 game turnaround this year mm-hmm. so they they obviously are believing in themselves they they were 46 and 36 i you know they they almost snuck into that 6 seed not even in the play in i i think youth and and not knowing what you don't know could help this team right they could go out there and just think that they're better than they are and play up to that, uh, up to their competition where we all, you know, we talked about, oh, well, they could implode. They also could play above their ceiling because they don't know better. And we've seen that before.
1: I could see that for a couple games. I don't think I could see that for four games Agreed. against the Suns, but mm-hmm. I get what you're saying. Absolutely.
4: Yeah. And we've, we're, you know, we've seen it firsthand, but I think that type of thing would maybe it fly against a, a similarly younger team like the Grizzlies, in a first round matchup, if they get that seven seed, maybe that's a little more interesting. But I think the Suns are, have just been in this position so much that they just know what to do.
3: I'm not going to lie. T Wolves Grizz would be a pretty interesting first round matchup. It'd be fun. Uh, that would be fun. That would be fun.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right. Traveling girth best <laughs> and worst parts about having to go to Minnesota.
4: Oh. Or oh, Please series. be nice if my girlfriend watches. Okay, the
1: for show. me, basically, all it is is like the weather because I feel like it's still going to be kind of cold, mm. which could be a pro or a con depending it's on how con. you look at it. It's a con. Um, and then a positive <laughs> would be that your girlfriend's from there, so in theory, maybe you can visit with well, her that's family.
3: That's why he wants uh, to go back to Minnesota. He, 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 go ahead. Do you I, have something. I think, I think that's. I think that's a negative. Distractions.
1: <laughs> we can't have Gerald distracted. Gerald, right? you're there to work, have, okay? And uh, that's it. How dare important. you have a life outside of this job? <laughs> Gerald, this important first-round matchup. You can't be distracted. You
3: both cannot go purify yourselves in the waters of Lake Minnetonka, okay? <laughs> oh. You have to focus on the task at hand. I appreciate a good Dave Chappelle reference. Um
4: yeah, no, I, I, I feel like it'd be fun to it'd be fun to be there again because Minnesota was actually very beautiful when I went, but that was in August, which was like the perfect time yeah. to go. I don't know how cold it is there, but she said it was snowing there the other week, so I was like, mm, that seems I questionable. I looked the
1: other day for as far out as my weather app would show me, and I think it was like 40s, 50s. So it's not like freezing Terrible. cold, but it's also not bad.
2: Yeah, that's manageable so, at least. Yeah,
1: it could still be nice.
2: A positive mall of America. Uh, Big food court, cheap food, which is good for our budget. There's
1: a really good bar (laughs) literally like right across the street from the arena that has like music and stuff. Because
3: as we know. Lindsay does not travel past <laughs> outside of the arena very far.
1: That's not true. I go at least a mile. A mile is my limit. From, from,
3: from, your, the from the arena or from your hotel? Room?
1: From the hotel. And the hotel we stayed at was right across the street from the arena. There we so go. Same thing. The, well, that's good that for me. That was in
3: the hotel that
4: Lindsay stayed at. So. <laughs> well, that's perfect. Save me money on lifts and stuff. Exactly.
1: It's If you perfect. stay next to the arena, it's walkable yes. with a lot of food, shops, bars, things of that sort. Exactly. So, there you go. All right. Good luck, Gerald, if you have to go to Minnesota. We uh, are rooting for you to handle (laughs) that weather and uh, the distractions well. We've got uh, predictions coming up next and a surprise from Saul. So stay with us. But first, I want to tell you guys that OG's is one of Arizona's first scratch-made cannabis kitchens and is dedicated to creating innovative and memorable cannabis-infused products that flavor life's journey. Their orange creamsicle gummy tastes like a dream. It's like the ice cream truck coming through your neighborhood. But instead of ice cream, it's a really bomb gummy. We've heard. I'd, I
2: really hope that there's not like an so ice cream truck. got a take from Saul. So I don't know here. if this
3: is like a <laughs> like fake or a real ad like, <laughs> <laughs> Because What kind of music do they play? I don't know.
1: But the I next really line is that we've heard from our girl Mac and our boy Saul that they enjoy the orange creamsicle indica gummy after a long days of shows here so where's back at a long, really day, long day of shows <laughs> wait
2: why did max write this Damn. i don't know i don't know don't ask me that it's just was, what's written down was on max my paper. on
3: ogs when he was writing this <laughs> no. max
1: is like it's like one of those windowless vans driving through your neighborhood <laughs> like, what <laughs> Well, uh, we're both Arizona brands, so let's show them some love as well. If you're interested in trying the amazingly delicious variety of flavors that OG's Brands has to offer, go to ogsbrands.com. That's O-G-E-E-Z brands.com to find OG's near you. I also want to remind you guys that children five and older are eligible for the COVID-19 vaccine. The vaccine is the best tool we have to reduce the chances of getting sick with COVID-19. The vaccine can reduce the risk of being hospitalized or dying from the disease. Safe, free, and highly effective COVID-19 vaccines are available throughout Arizona. Visit azhealth.gov slash find vaccines for a location near you.
3: If you want more kids to get shots, just have a windowless van running <laughs> oh, down the
1: street. Too far. <laughs> if you're, too far. If you're,
2: if you're nervous about your shot, take an edible before you go.
3: There you go. That?
2: Perfect. How about that? Oh, dear God. Pot <laughs> and shots. We hey. are not OG's. doctors.
1: <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Lee. Hey. Thank no, you for no. the I went to college
2: that. for eight years, all right? OG. <laughs> okay. OGs
3: is local, which is cool. You always got support local. So I'm a, I'm a big fan of that.
2: I'm still kind of curious, if you were wondering. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Predictions. What do you guys think? How many will this go?
2: Uh, I'm pretty sure OGs, uh, my prediction is they yell at us for that last ad.
1: <laughs> Probably. <is> my prediction.
3: <laughs> suns in five. If they have to play the wolves, Suns in five. Bust out the brooms. Oh. Let's go sweeping.
1: Okay. I'm
4: going to go gentlemen sweep. I'm going to say Suns in five.
1: Okay. I was on the fence between five and six with this one. Mm-hmm. So... I feel like since I went six with the Clippers, I'm going to go five with this one. Okay, just to play in our our favor. A so little we
4: all bit. agree this would be a relatively quick series. As much as the Timberwolves might challenge them, yeah, they're still an eight seed. Like the Suns it would be winning.
1: entertaining, challenging games, but I think the Suns would come out with the W more more than not. Obviously, of course, I agree. Yeah, yeah. I
2: feel like that's the case with all these one eight matchups. No. Is get yeah, you may have moments where you're challenged, but this Suns team. Is a superior team like they've been all year, so I, I think it's pretty, uh, pretty across the board. They take care of business.
1: All right, before we say goodbye, Saul apparently has a surprise for us. I got, and like, I'm very concerned. I'm yes,
3: listen, I'm always yeah, yeah. concerned. You know, hey, I got
1: a surprise, guys. The other
3: day, I was a little, you know, me and the wifey went to H Mart, okay. and if you don't know what that is, that is an Asian uh, supermarket. And as I was going through, I was like, oh, you know what I've always wanted to do? I've always wanted to pull some random, uh, you know, edible thing and uh, and have everybody try it on the show. OK. And so I came across this <coughs> random edible thing, a oh, phrase
1: boy. I don't usually like to hear. I don't oh, man. Know how I feel about this. OK. In the words
3: of
4: our sponsors. OGS.
1: So on the back <laughs> okay, it buddies. says yogurt drink strawberry flavor. Yes,
3: this actually that's what looks it kind says. I don't know if it's actually true, but we're all gonna try it and see. How do you see? get this open? So You got a twist, mm. a twist top.
1: It, it yeah, includes artificial
3: flavor, yeah, and guar gum. All right, and then the the nipple just comes out.
1: So like it's a legit bottle, you guys. Like this. Oh, okay. This, what? I don't know if this is meant I for children. I thought I broke the
3: nipple. I
4: don't know But to, there's
1: a legitimate you, bottle in it. So
2: you obviously have to pop this <laughs>
1: thing off. It smells good.
4: Can I just drink it without the nipple or does, no, is that no. part of it?
2: Salt wants uh, <laughs> ma- maximum
1: This is just getting you ready for whenever your friends all start having baby showers and like this is a game you have to there play There you go. That. So how do you get this open? I think you gotta twist it. <laughs>
4: well, you twist the top part off, but <laughs> I, I don't did, know how to... I did, but
1: I can't get it off. <laughs>
4: I'm having problem. Never mind. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say what I was say. Oh no no!
1: I got it. I got how it. How do you get it off?
2: <laughs> it. Okay, so you push it back on. <laughs> the audio version are, of the
3: show yes, is sorry. very uncomfortable. We're all trying right to now. figure out how to get the nipple out of the cup.
1: Oh. And
3: then, that did, that didn't help, Saul. So, oh, no. That really
2: didn't.
1: Okay, help. just <laughs> for some clarification. Oh, when you just <laughs> said you
4: just take this you just part off. You don't twist it. It won't. Mine
1: won't.
3: Yeah, I got you.
1: Just yeah. to clarify, because I feel like we've got some comments being like, "Should have taken this at the beginning so we can see the facts." These are not edible. <laughs> no, yeah, these
3: are. It is an <laughs> edible <laughs> no. item. Yeah. Yogurt drink by OGs. It has that a nipple is what on Saul meant
1: when he was saying he wanted I, to find something that was I edible saw. at a store, like something we could actually <laughs> eat, not eat. So like, edible. Ah, ah.
4: It's like a strawberry yogurt. Strawberry yogurt cream. drink.
3: It looks like a nipple
1: on it. I I why. why do I feel like I don't want to do this on kinda, camera? So I'm gonna hide my face. <laughs> oh my
3: god. <laughs> okay,
1: one, two, three, go. I go.
4: I wasn't expecting it to make the sound that it did. Yeah.
1: It's not bad. Have you not been around <laughs> baby <laughs> bottles? It's, really, no. Good, no, it's really good. It is, this but it's really good. awkward. It's very sweet. Drinking out of a baby bottle. The sound in the headset is unreal. <laughs> Can you hear
3: it? What does it sound like?
1: <laughs> exactly what you think.
3: <laughs> oh, no. Don't do that. Don't <laughs> <laughs> do that. We got hey, we'll, oh, hey, to
2: give our
4: podcast listeners
2: some entertainment. Why are you the you visual. You're
3: not a Dude. calf suckling at the teats. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Esmo. Yeah, you wanted
1: embarrassment. <laughs> I'm giving you embarrassment. Oh, oh my God. 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 Oh, Ivey. Um, I'm out. actually pleasantly surprised. This it's is actually bomb.
3: really good. I'm not even going to lie.
1: The thing is, is that like they're, they're sort of room temperature right now. But if you put these in the fridge mm-hmm. for a while and they were really cold, it, it's essentially pinkies strawberry up. milk. But it has a little bit more of a yogurty mm. taste to it. <laughs> Gerald's got <caught> pinkies <laughs> up.
2: <laughs> Warm. Warm uh, <laughs> warm room temperature yogurt. Do
1: they have any other That's flavors? Yeah, if it, it, like it was colder, it probably would, be would have been they
3: better. But it's Not bad. Mm. They had mango. They banana had... milk is bomb. Dude, banana yeah. milk. Oh, it's really good. Uh, you know what I like about this too is like...
1: It's glass.
3: It's glass. Uh, it's, glass. Uh, it's a little thicker, so it's not like a... Like the banana milk is a little too thin for me. I don't like that. I like a thicker consistency.
1: Saul
2: Th- <laughs> doesn't like his bananas yeah. thin. <laughs>
3: So, yeah. Oh,
2: boy. This is good. <laughs> this-, this is one of the weirder <laughs> things I've
1: ever... <laughs> Listen, it's good. It's just the delivery method is weird with it being a bottle. But yeah. Who, like... I think it must well, be for kids, you could maybe? maybe it's for with, babies.
4: You could just do it without the the passive or the whatever it's yeah. called. I'm not going yeah. to say nipple.
1: Well, you just, <laughs> you just did. said
3: <laughs> <laughs> i'm not gonna say that word damn it uh, that's fine this All is fine right,
1: well thank you for entertaining tasty. my yeah, no,
3: i have i have um other treats that i can bring in another day where where, where is the h-mart that h-mart is out in mesa it's right off of uh, dobson and broadway is it
1: the one next to the crab place like the seafood place Ooh, or there's a nail.
3: There, there was a there was a corn dog place right next door to it, which was awesome. If H
1: Mart is the one that I'm thinking about that I go to often, let me just put you on game. There's some scissors there that have a red handle. Best scissors I've ever purchased in my entire life. What? That is the I most know, bizarre. I know thing. that is the weirdest. The scissors thing had a nipple too.
2: We don't know why, but they did. I
1: know it is the weirdest thing ever. I randomly bought a pair of scissors just because I needed a pair of scissors, and I started using them, and I was like, these scissors are so freaking amazing. <laughs> So every time I'm in Mesa, we stop there and get more scissors.
2: You know what I, I like is...
4: How many pairs of scissors do you need? Like <laughs> Thank you.
1: seven. Like they all have different things because they're for food too. <laughs> so you have food things. specific scissors and uh, then you yes. have scissors for other Fetch things. Fetch me the
4: food scissors. <laughs>
2: food scissors now! <laughs> 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 That's how I like to imagine Lindsay <laughs> live.
1: She just sevening.
2: <laughs> Give me my scissors. No, not those. The food scissors, please. Am I just saying just,
1: that to myself? They're <laughs> <Or> just two <laughs> steak knives together. I assume tape taped together. Butlers, right? you don't have butlers, right? Do you have butlers, butlers are? I am my, my <laughs> own butler. I just pretend that I'm a different person, apparently, when I talk to myself. Use
3: those scissors to cut this segment, as you said. <laughs> <laughs> I,
1: I'd,
2: like to, I'd like to imagine Saul trying to explain to his wife while they're at H-Mart, no, I
3: really need the nipple milk, like the nipple yogurt. <laughs> oh, no, she knew it. She knew it. As soon as I saw it, she was like, Go ahead. I know you want to give it to those guys. I'm like, yeah, I do want to give them all nipples. So here we are. Oh, my God. And they're all drinking out of a nipple. Well, okay. I think it's time that, to so. say
1: goodbye. <laughs> thank you guys for tuning in. We appreciate you as always. You can follow me on Twitter at az. You can follow Saul at Saul underscore Bookman. You can follow Gerald at Gerald Bourget. And, of course, you can follow Espo at Espo. Espo, take us home.
2: Remember. <laughs>
1: ahoy, hoy. Oh, my God. <laughs>